You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. This episode of No Love Lost is brought to you by FredHeBakes.com. That's FredHeBakes.com. Guys, if you're looking for some delicious baked goods to treat yourself while you're in quarantine, head on over to FredHeBakes.com and use the coupon code NOLOVELOST to get 20% off your order. It's really good, so go on and do it. But if you're looking for other ways to support the podcast, head on over to the Podcast Jukebox Network and get yourself some No Love Lost merchandise, like No Love Lost t-shirts or Crazy About Kurt t-shirts. Guys, I can't stress enough. Uh, like, life is crazy right now, and I hope this podcast makes you smile. I hope Lost, whether you love it or you hate it, I hope, uh, if it's not Lost that's doing it, that there are other things that are out there making you happy, and if we can help in that regard, then I consider that a huge, huge honor. So, thank you guys to everybody who has continued to support us during this time. We love you. Hang in there. You guys are all amazing. And now, without further ado, Michelle, if you would be so kind. Let's go to the island. I would like to see the polar bears. There was a crash, and there are others, and there are numbers, and it all means something supposedly, but even though there are times we hang our heads in sadness, we know there's no love lost. We had to go back. That is a bold-faced lie, and you should be ashamed of yourself. You know what? This might be the first time I agree with you. <laughs> Welcome back to No Love Lost, the podcast where we discuss all the brilliant episodes of the series Lost and the one bad one. <laughs> the one bad one? No, that is, that is a lie. You are that is a liar, the truth. sir. I speak the truth. And we are here to break down that bad one. This is a bad one. This is a very bad one. (laughs) It's season three, episode nine, Stranger in a Strange Land. Um, As always, I'm Will Link with me. Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody. And we, we could not, you know, there's enough problems going on in the world right now that we could not carry the load of talking about this episode alone so megan i think we need help with this one who are we gonna call will well there's only one person to call macarero hey guys thanks i'm honored to be here <laughs> i happy misery question loves mark company, to be here. Matt. You know, Misery loves God. Right. <laughs> now, if I were to be completely honest, Matt, you know, every mm. season we like, oh, what episode do you want to do? And you tell this just happened to be the perfect storm for you. It's <laughs> that we figured out how to get guests in during a pandemic, and this right. was the next episode. So congratulations. It meant to be. Meant to yeah. be, clearly, clearly. And, you know, I haven't, I've done a couple Lost rewatches. I'm pretty sure I've just skipped this one every time. And so this is probably <laughs> the first time I've seen it since, you know, the year that it aired. 
Um, so that's, you know, what's what, 2006 or something or seven maybe? Uh, so that's. I think good... this one was seven, yeah. 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 So that's a long time. And boy, it, uh, it really is even worse than I remembered. <laughs> I'm glad uh, that for once all three of us can be on. Yes, the that's true. That's page. true. I am. I am. In case the listeners don't know, I am a huge Lost apologist, as is Will. I, I would say there there are more than one bad episode of Lost, but I love Lost. It's my favorite show uh, by far. This is terrible. This is unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> but but Matt, it's the mysteries of Jack's tattoos. Don't no you want to know the mysteries? <laughs> Do you think even Matthew Fox knows what his fucking tattoos mean? <laughs> it's the it's the basis of the it's the biggest mystery of the series. Yeah, I like, and maybe we'll get into this later. But I like the um, wasn't there when they did that that tell all like interview of interviewing Lindelof that he finally admitted that he like kind of shanked this one on purpose to try to get ABC to, to give them the uh, well, episode order. I don't know. Lindelof's such a liar. He might have just been using that as an out. Right. But well, you honestly, know- I could see it going either way. Um, and you want to know, it's funny because this episode, when I think of the problem of season three, which I don't think in this rewatch... I have found as egregious as it was in my head. Mm -hmm. But when I think of the overall issue of season three of them clearly stretching for ABC, this is the episode where that is the most evident. I know some people would think, oh, maybe it's the Nikki and Paolo episode, but I would still argue that episode is a good time. This episode is just dour and weird. Yeah, it's it's not even nothing. (laughs) Yeah, it's not even, and we'll obviously get into it, but it's not even the flashback, which is so stupid. The on-island stuff sucks. (laughs) This is a bad episode. Like, it's really, really just, like, inconsequential. Say it again, Matt. Oh, say it again. (laughs) And then it does, uh, sorry, guys, uh, to cut over you, but um, it it does really show the problems that they had with the plotting with, okay, now Jack's in a cage. We're just going to keep putting people in a cage. It's like music to my ears to hear such wonderful things. I would argue that the most interesting Island stuff in this episode is happening off camera. We have, we have an awareness that it is happening, but you know what? Let's, let's start. start. Let's start because first and foremost, per usual, if for whatever reason, this is where you've decided to start listening to No Love Lost, just FYI, we spoil everything. So if for some reason you're working through Lost as we're recording it, you've already been spoiled, one. Uh, but yeah, we're, we could potentially be talking about spoilers from any given point in time in Lost. So fair warning, guys. Um, this episode is written by Elizabeth Sarnoff and Christina M. Kim. But they've written good episodes before, (laughs) haven't they? The last episode they wrote together was Two for the Road, which is the one where, um, you know, that's where Libby and Anna Lucia bite it. Which was a good episode, but had a bad ending. This whole thing was bad. Um, and this episode was directed by Paris Barkley, Megan, ask me if he ever directed any good episodes. (laughs) Did he direct any good episodes? No, this is the only episode of Lost he ever directed. What else did he direct? He directed many episodes of CSI, Cold Case, and Glee. 
You know okay. what? I don't necessarily want to blame a director for a poorly written episode. But, like, I also don't necessarily want to blame the two other writers because they're clearly right. competent writers. I But I love the idea that, that um, I think, Matt, that you floated where Lindelof had uh, maybe tanked this one on purpose, that they bring in some journeyman TV director because they don't want <laughs> Jack Bender to sully his hands right. with this. <laughs> you know? So, like, we're going to bring this guy in for one episode. And it won't ruin his career. <laughs> and, yeah. An episode where the main cast is barely in it and we just got, it's mostly Jack and you could just, you know, hang him out to dry. Will, are you trying to suggest that the sheriff isn't a main character? I We're going to get to that. <laughs> so let, let's start, as we do, with the flashback, which I guess is the no! most... <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. I have with me the last of my bourbon, and I'm going to take <laughs> a quick swig, and then we can get started. The last of your quarantine bourbon. <laughs> You're damn right I'm using it on this. <laughs> All right. <sighs> Proceed. Um, so, Jack, much like there has been a theme this season where the flashbacks and sometimes they're they're really good and sometimes they're really bad. But there's a theme of where the flashbacks put characters inexplicably in situations that we have no context to how they ever got there. We saw it with Locke uh, when he's with the commune. We saw it with Kate, like, like She's getting, getting married. married. Yeah. yeah. And this is... Jack is in Thailand. Why? Because as basically Bai Ling uh, alludes to later, uh, I guess this is where, like, white guys go to find themselves. Right. Yeah, like, now that you've brought it up, Will, I'm, I was wondering, I'm like, maybe they just kind of had... Like those magnet word things that writers <laughs> use sometimes, and they're like, "And this flashback will take place at a wedding." They and they just throw it at the refrigerator, and it's like, "At a wedding, okay." And this flashback will take place at a commune, all right. And this one will take place in Thailand. Perfect. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I, oh man. Oh, well, man. I mean, how sad is that when like Mad Libs or a or <laughs> refrigerator words make more sense when you think about things in the context of the show? Matt, do we know where this falls in Jack's history? Like, is this after his divorce, before his math? Like, where is this? I assume it's after his div divorce. Is this like where he goes to cool out after he like punches his father at the AA meeting or whatever that is in the in the he, premiere? He, like, maybe he goes for a month to just kind of chill out. It maybe. probably is. And you know what? From me, I can't remember if we get any Jack flashbacks, and I'm using flashbacks in quotes here, before, again, before the final episode of the right. season. Because I don't think so. if you if you look at them linearly, yeah. they are, in fairness, even this nonsense, is <laughs> setting up the path that leads us to believe Jack is the person he would be when we have what turns out to be the flash forward in the season three right, finale. Right, right, right. Mm. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. No, that's actually a good point. That, that this, is a good point. Yeah. This just fucking feels like a whole lot of nothing. We didn't need this episode to tell us that Jack is a great leader, but also lonely and angry and frustrated. <laughs> we just look at him and know that. Yeah, it's not. T- and that's the problem with a lot of the season three flashbacks. I find that uh, some of them give us some interesting insight, but a lot of them just tell us things we already kind of like the Locke one kind of just t- reinforce things we already knew about Locke. But but let, let, let's let's get into the flashback here. So, can, ja- can we talk about how a doctor can't figure out how to put together a kite? Oh. Reconstruct a person's spine and nervous system <laughs> but he can't put together a kite unless this was a bit he was doing to try to pick up girls like oh no i'm so hapless oh no how do how do i do that oh well, man well it's just I guess also I need help. it's just a funny like i've decided now i'm in thailand i'm gonna pick up this hobby of kite flying yeah <laughs> like where does Jack like, get this idea? Because Dad never took me, I guess. <laughs> oh, I that's guess. there. That's it. That's it exactly. He's I, reclaiming his youth. No, he saw Mary Poppins <laughs> when he was a kid, and he's like, Mr. Banks flies a kite at the end of that movie. How come Dad can't ever take some time? To, like that was that was an aspirational thing for him, I guess. Mary Poppins was the feature on the flight to Thailand. <laughs> you know, and he I was like, let's go fly a kite. <laughs> That makes as much sense as anything. Like I, I guarantee you, in the writers' room, they watched Mary Poppins and were like, or, or someone came in like, you know what? I watched this weekend with my kids, Mary Poppins. That's a really good movie. And they're like, ah, uh, that's the key to the episode, kite. Let's but- go fly a kite up to the highest height. But there's a, a little moment before that where he walks out of his little beach hut onto this gorgeous beach and um there's a kid selling soda calling him dr jack dr mm-hmm. jack so it's like oh he's already established here right and he's this, been there a while and this kid is like uh he's like a even he's like a bad version of short round which already is kind of a bad <laughs> version of something and yeah we can talk a lot about the the uh the horrible stereotypes for a show that to be fair, has done a really good job of representation in the past. Just yes. blows it all in this fucking episode. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm glad I'm not the first one to have to bring this up. Be- like, it goes without saying, this episode is really fucking racist. Right? It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, just frustratingly so. Well, and also, and, and I don't want to step on you, Will, but this scene with Jack where he's like, you know, I don't speak English, right? It's like, well, hey, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, Jack is so know, unlikable in this episode. <laughs> Well, uh, what an Jack, ugly American thing to do. So. Jack is on the um, he's on the beach trying to put together this kite, and this very attractive woman comes over to him, uh, played by Bai Ling, mm-hmm. uh, who you know the um, the kind of nonsense actress, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's been you know you you've seen her in those crank films. She was in The Crow. She was in. Um, I was gonna say, hey, let's not like gang up on her she did nothing wrong as far as i'm concerned uh, she's not good in this she's, she's not, not good, good she was not a good they actress her, they gave her 
nothing to work with, guys. <laughs> Fair they gave point, her nothing but... to work with. They handed her a script where she had to do like <laughs> weird Asian mysticism that doesn't yeah. mean anything. Yeah. I wouldn't put in a good performance either, and I think she did the best that she could possibly do. <laughs> to be given fair, the circumstances in so the early two thousands, weird you, Asian mysticism <laughs> was about all that they ever gave Biling to do. Um, but she was a very odd person. I think that's what Will is referring to, like yeah. in interviews and stuff. She was very, just kind of odd. <laughs> I I don't know anything about her personal yeah. life, but like as an actor in this moment, I just want to say that they gave her nothing to work with. So yeah, I'm we not couldn't blame her for this. Her. <laughs> yeah, if this was all I'd ever seen by Ling in, I wouldn't, you know, hold it against her. I- I, I mean, I, I have the benefit of having seen Bai Ling in quite a few things, including she was in a film that uh, one of my teachers in film school made, and it was not a good film, and she was not good in it. <laughs> uh, there was also, just a side note, there was also a weird cameo by Ed Koch in that film, and <laughs> I went to the premiere of it, and I remember Ed Koch uh, stood next to me at the urinal, uh, uh, in the bathroom. Where can one see this film? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, is it available on Amazon Prime or? <laughs> it it starred uh, it starred Bai Ling and Sandra Bernard. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> so, <laughs> that was probably quite not a lot set. of subtlety in that one, huh? <laughs> but anyway, so. Biling plays this woman who, even though they say her name, I'm probably going to have trouble pronouncing it. Achira? Achira? Archira, I think. Achira? Archira is how Jack says Akara? it. Akara? No. Uh, I think we're all out on this one. Yeah. I'm going to call her Biling. Achara. 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 And well, apologies to everyone. We all failed on this one. Right, yes. And, um... Uh, in this episode, I think we all watched it like today, so it's fresh <laughs> in our head. Sometimes I've watched it like a week before. This is fresh <laughs> in my head. Yeah. Um, but uh, she helps him put together the kite, and it's like it's like a funny little meet cute because yeah, go, oh. And, and if this was a fun vacation rom com, I'd be down. But this is lost. <laughs> I don't need to see Jack on vacation. Because he's already on a desert island, man. <laughs> so, so the next time we see him, he's eating at a restaurant that it seems like her brother either works at or owns or cooks at. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, you know, they're... Uh, they're, uh, they're hitting uh, it off. They're, yeah, they're hitting it off. She's like, oh, you never learned to fly a kite. And that's when Jack brings up his father, because of course he does, <laughs> to which Bai Ling... Thank God, says she doesn't <laughs> want to hear about the father. She has that no might interest be in his father. The man in white of this episode. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really lampshading, right? I mean, that's yeah. like okay, we've talked about this enough. Let's stop. Yeah. Um, and she says, you know, some things are personal. Like, uh, you... keep it to yourself, you tourist idiot. <laughs> Sick and, of white people coming here and asking us to solve their problems. But that, I mean, that is the one thing about the the problematic dealing with the Asian characters in this. The one thing is that they are at least smart enough to have them call Jack out on his bullshit. Like, I mean, she basically right. is saying, like, yeah, you're an American. You came here to find yourself. Like, you're looking for 
like the smarter thing would be he's looking for some sort of mysticism, but he can't find it because it's not real, and oh, we shouldn't. That, would, we, that, that would be so much better, man. Yeah, yeah. Will, why couldn't you have been in the writers' room back in two thousand seven? Well, but you want to know what? In fairness, in two thousand seven, would I have fallen into the same trap? I mean, we have like enough. Right. We think about these things more than we used to. In fairness. Well, white people do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so all of a sudden the guy hands her an envelope of money. And it's like, oh, what's that money for? And Bai Ling's just like, oh, I have a gift. <laughs> and it's like, I bet you do, Bai Ling. Yeah. And then it starts to go like immediately icky. And like, also, Jack, this is not your business. No. Yeah, it's like, hey, we're gonna get, we're gonna do the one smart thing about writing and call Jack out on his nonsense and you know his white privilege nonsense, <laughs> and then immediately go back on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man. Okay, I'm I'm t- uh, I'm already halfway through my bourbon, guys, and we're not even <laughs> we're barely into it. We're barely halfway through the flashback. So, by uh. You know, the next time we see Bai Ling, she's walking into Jack's hut, and it's late at night, and she's taking off her clothes and getting into bed with him, and he kisses her, and it's like, oh, you taste salty, and she's like, I had a swim. And it's all, like, very, like, it would be erotic if these people were erotic. And, <laughs> and it's, it's, you know. Oh, my God. And, um... At that point, a bit of information is dropped that the, the it's been a month, and he knows nothing about her because <laughs> she's so mysterious. Now, I will at least give this episode a little bit of credit. She's like, hey, like, I just want to have fun. Like, she's doing her part to be to set boundaries of like, right. hey, this is just a fling. Like, I don't want to get into too personal stuff. Like, I just want to have fun. And he's well, the one making it out like she's all mysterious. Well, that's the thing. She said, well, I mean, look, okay, in fairness, if I was with somebody for a month, even if it was just a fun thing, I would probably want to know what their gift is, especially when they keep saying things like, you'll never understand my gift. <laughs> like, like, I mean, in fa- I mean, that's well, the one thing. Well, what is your gift? Yeah. Like, but yeah, but at the same time, I think that I would understand that this is soprano. I get it. <laughs> I mean, I'm never leave. I mean, this is never coming back to America. This relationship. So, yeah, so he should let it go. And I mean, Jack, as we all right. know, can't ever let anything go. To be fair, yeah. that is, of course, in, when keeping with Jack's character, that if yeah. he gets something in his mind, he has to see it through. Well, Even but, if it means stalking women. Right. Well, yeah, because Jack's like, she's like, let's have fun. There'll be no questions. And I'm, I'm me watching this, I'm like, yeah, by Lang, attractive lady. Look, I mean, especially, I'm in quarantine here. Everyone's an attractive lady. <laughs> but by Ling's an attractive Every lady. Every in existence is an attractive lady. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I find myself thinking about these things more. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jack does the thing that Jack always does that we saw him do 
to his father right. that we saw him do to his ex-wife in the last flashbacks these seasons. He's following her. Yeah, this season makes Jack a fucking psychopath, and I hate it. <laughs> and, you know, he follows her to some place, some tattoo parlor, and she's like, you shouldn't be here. Yeah, of course not, because you shouldn't have stalked her. And he's like, oh, like you're, like, then, he's, then it's kind of like, I don't get it. Like, you're a tattoo artist? He's almost downplaying it. <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 I see who people are. And the tattoos are not decoration, they are definition. <laughs> because Asian. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, I, uh, you know, back in the days when you can leave your house, I, I went to Tokyo <laughs> for about 10 days. Oh, right. And not one person ever tried to see deeper into me and solve all my <laughs> life problems and i feel like i got chipped <laughs> <laughs> yeah i went i've never been to thailand um but i've been to i've been to shanghai and i've been to tokyo as well and same thing nothing like that ever happened to me what the heck i feel like i didn't get the full tourist experience um yeah i didn't get i didn't get by ling tattooing me and then then jack goes from like zero to psycho very yeah. fast like that's the thing he like it's violent what the yes, hell yes and this is the problem with it like i mean matt you just said like yeah this is kind of par for the course for jack but at the same time we the the build-up happens really fast here like it it, it happens right. quickly which can be More often so than the problem in the flashbacks because with such a, a truncated time to tell your story you got to move it along fairly quickly because in the island maybe you can hold a story element or a character development over to the next episode you can't do that with the flashbacks so that's kind of built into the show to kind of be like oh well we have to re react quickly however this gets into kind of a thing that I have in seasons two and three, especially with Matthew Fox as an actor. He, he just he goes big. I remember there being uh, one of the first internet memes I ever saw was Crazy Jackface, which started in season two. Do you remember this, Will? I do. Now, I've forgotten about it, but now I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. what you're talking about. Please send me a meme. Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, it's just beautiful. It was just, you know, um, stills of Matthew Fox's face when he's reacting angrily, especially at Locke because most of his confrontations are with Locke, but he just, he, there was a thing that happened in season two and three especially um, where Jack was throwing people up against walls <laughs> and there was a lot of close-ups of Jack's face looking angry and super serious. And, and that kind of was where Matthew Fox took his portrayal, which was, I thought, a really um, downgrade from what he did in season one, which is a little more, I mean, there's not a lot of subtlety, subtlety on Lost, but... Um, uh, was more melodramatic than he needed to be, maybe. And, and I disagree. Mm. Because, mm, okay. I mean, I mean, obviously, <clears throat> with directors coming and going and everything like that, right? Like, um, it is very much the onus of an actor to like have to carry over characterization mm -hmm. from one episode to another. But at the end of the day, I mean, whatever's on the page is what you have to do. Right. And if he's going too big, it should be the director's job, whether they're a journeyman or whether they're Jack Bender, 
right. to reel him in if they feel like it's too big. I don't want to look. I'm right. I, right now, I'm <laughs> like, I don't want to blame the actors for bad writing or bad directing. Like at the moment, <laughs> that's just where I'm at. Maybe that's the bourbon talking, but like, <laughs> let's lay off Matthew Fox at the moment. I don't necessarily want to blame him for Jack being a dick. But he, man, he, th- I mean, also, yeah. you know, not a, you know, not a big person by Ling here. No. He throws her up against that wall. Yeah, incredibly like, tiny and frail. Correct me, correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong. This is like the first time he's gotten violent with a woman. And it happens to be a woman of color. And mm. like, I remember like way back when I was in college. And I was taking a, like one of my first sociology classes. It was a race and ethnicity class, and it was talking about portrayals of race in media. And it was um, they were talking about this one particular trope where it was cool to have like a white guy hooking up with an Asian girl, sure. but not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like remembering the that particular day in class as Jack is throwing this woman up Mm -hmm. against the wall and I'm like wow this is really terrible wow oh my god oh wow this is the worst yeah for 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 decades the main representation of Asian women especially in TV and film were either as mystical creatures or sexual beings sexual predators really and essentially you have both of those things happening here. Like, there's not the predator aspect, but well, her sexuality and her mysticism, and, that's really all that's happening And here. there's the submissive woman trope, yes. too. And he's he's here demanding that she do something that she doesn't want to do, <laughs> and then he threatens her with violence, says, basically. Tattoo me, nothing. damn you! <laughs> Tell me who I am. <laughs> Put it on me. Put it on me. He's yeah. just crazy. And she starts to put it on him, but she said that this goes against my people and there will be consequences. Whatever that means. Well, yes. I'll tell what you does exa- that mean? I'll tell you exactly <laughs> what that means. This is, they found a way, and it is a, you know, it is a problematic way, but they found a yeah. way that they could mirror the others. There's a group of people. They're branding Juliet here. You know, in this episode, they're trying to find a way. There are consequences to this, mm. this branding that the uh, the who talks are there? About, who talks? <laughs> well, no, 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 <laughs> no. You're absolutely right. There are not, but we don't know this at the time, right? Um, you know, at the time of watching this episode, you don't know that. But they are <laughs> they are trying to. <laughs> But that's what they're doing. And, I mean, who talks about their people like the others? You know, that they're right. trying. Of course, the problem is these aren't others. These are just Thai people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I would love it. I would love it. Oh, my gosh. So much if the twist at the end of the episode was that it doesn't say what, it, what Jack says it says. Or what uh, the sheriff says it says. But yeah. if it's, this man is a violent man, and he's also <laughs> terrible, or a dick. <laughs> this man is terrible in bed. <laughs> That's what it says. That's oh, that'd be great. Says. We had a whole month, and he couldn't figure it out. <laughs> so, um, the next day we see Jack walking around like nothing. Like, he didn't just act like a lunatic. <laughs> um and uh you know 
little kid runs away from him. Like, what's happening? All of a like, sudden... hey, you were, you were selling me soda before. What the heck, man? And all of a sudden, a bunch of dudes, including Biling's brother, come up to him and beat the <laughs> hell out of him. Listen, and... is it too early to name my Jacob for this episode? <laughs> because Jack so deserved to get his ass beat this episode. <laughs> they beat the hell out of him and then say, not just to leave the beach, leave the country. And I guess he does. <laughs> my computer i don't understand it well you want to know what part of that is the last episode was about desmond and it's not just that we have such an affinity for desmond because of his whole story at the point in flashes before your eyes you're still learning about desmond everything's fresh with desmond season three like i said it's not giving us new stuff with some of these characters so it becomes even more frustrating which is why the twist at the end of season three with the flash forward was something like the show needed it and the audience needed it so desperately and it and it was great it was something great but we had to trudge through something like this to (laughs) get there that we shouldn't have had to no i'm glad we're all in agreement on that so, should we go to the island? Because, yeah, I guess that's the end of the flashback, right? Yep. He, yeah. he, they're like, get out. And he was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Message received. <laughs> Peace. So, the episode starts with um, Jack is being moved. Uh, the, well, the, not actually, it doesn't, but we're going to get to that stuff later. <gasps> Yeah, no, we have to talk about this conversation first. <laughs> yeah. Because I straight up texted you guys about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Jack is, right. they're like, we're going to move you, Jack. And Jack's like, well, uh, why don't you just, you're going to kill me. Just kill me now. And Mr. Friendly goes, what kind of people do you think we are? And Jack's like, well, the kind that kidnap children, the kind that hang Charlie. Jack's bringing up some excellent points. Right. To which Mr. Friendly says, Megan, do you want to say the line since you texted it to us? <laughs> Hold on. What was the line exactly? Hold on. I- I'm pulling up the my text message to you because I don't remember exactly what he said. But hold on. Hold on. Give me a moment. <clears throat> All right. Figured give you the honor. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Him. Let's see. Mr. Friendly, you see this glass house you're living in? How about I get you some stones? To which I said, fuck you, Mr. Friendly. (laughs) Fuck off, you asshole. Just what about ismed Jack about some very serious allegations? Go fuck yourself. And I would argue that, I mean, yeah, the, the, our, you know, our favorite group of castaways here, they never, they never, did anything aggressive towards um, uh, the others. The others made all the first moves. Right. Yeah, so fuck off, Mr. Friendly. <laughs> you suck. Don't worry, he'll get his. <laughs> he'll, he'll get his. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really a bullshit uh, line. They, like I said, this whole episode, whole lot of nothing. Whole yeah. lot of yeah. nothing. 
Of course, this was the one moment in the episode where I was firmly on Jack's side. I'll give him that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So they escort Jack out, and he sees Juliet. She's clearly in trouble. She's, like, cuffed, and they're bringing her in. Um, Which makes me immediately go, I have questions. She was carrying out Ben's orders. And this there was shady and stupid. Well, but there's a woman with her. A mysterious woman. Which now, technically every woman Jack meets on the other side would technically be a mysterious woman right. he's never met. That's true. But she is given like a stern look. She seems tough. Her name is Isabel. But Mr. Friendly later when Jack asks, while Jack is now in the polar bear cage, Mr. Friendly says, well, she's like the sheriff. And, um, at, like, he introduces, as you pointed out, Will, the most interesting aspect of this episode that then goes and does all the interesting stuff <laughs> off screen. Come back, Sheriff. <laughs> I want to hear you. I want to see you lay down the law. Yeah. All the interesting stuff is happening <laughs> with, apparently, there is an entire trial going on. Yeah. Which, if we saw, we'd get a glimpse into how the others work, how Juliet, a very important character, fits in with this kind of ecosystem. But Which would be so good, especially because we just got her backstory episode, too. Um, let's talk about the sheriff. Matt, um, yeah. how, many, how many episodes is the sheriff character in? Isn't it just this one? Yep. And then they <laughs> announce her dead? They announce her dead at the finale, I think. Uh, but Yeah, this is it. She doesn't come back. We never she even cool. We never even see her hanging out with Ben making a decision. We never see her again. This is And shout out to this actress. I believe her name is Diana Scarwid or something. I don't know how to pronounce that last name, but she was on a show I loved, one of those one season wonders that got canceled after like three episodes called Wonderfalls. And she was the mother on that. And she's such a, she was so uh, such a great comedic timing on that show. And I was so excited when I saw her show up on this and then never saw her again. Never saw her again. Well, and what a different type of role, too, because she's... Yes. Yeah, she's basically the, uh, a, a very intimidating authority figure here. Yes. And, and they do nothing with her, and that's so upsetting. Ugh, I'm mad. I'm so mad. <laughs> she's got a very, in this episode, a very Nurse Ratchet vibe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Mr. Friendly now is trying to turn Jack against his friends. He's like, oh, like, they just left you. But Jack's like, N Jack's not falling for this. because yeah, Jack he's also like, he's not stupid. <laughs> Except for all the times he acts stupid. <laughs> and also, he told them to leave him. Like, in fairness, he did. He's like, leave yeah. me. And they're like, okay. <laughs> Uh, which we'll get and to they that. They argued in a with bit him too. so yeah. much. Yeah. So yeah, you're not you're not doing anything, Mister Friendly. What the heck? So, uh, Juliet comes to Jack, and it's like, "Hey, we need you to examine Ben. His stitches are infected. Look at this picture of infected stitches." <laughs> <laughs> and Jack refuses because Jack's you know Jack's had enough. He's although, being Jack. Although, in all honesty... Well, you can tell that he's going to do it. That's one of the things that's so frustrating about this episode. It's like, yet another thing of like, okay, Jack's not going to do it, then he's going to do it. Jack's not going to do it, then he's going to do it. It's yeah. It's the same exact thing yes. as the surgery, but mm -hmm. with lower stakes. Yes. 
And that's the other frustrating thing is I don't even understand why he wouldn't at this point go yeah. look at Citrus. And the others have already demonstrated that they can leave the island whenever they want. They could get antibiotics. Like the, <laughs> right. like the reason why it was so important that they kidnapped Jack in the first place was because of the, the perceived time frame of Ben's condition. Now that he's sort of like, now that the procedure is done, they could literally just take him to the mainland or, you know, yeah. bring, bring another doctor. Like, you can't tell me that they don't have contacts on the outside to get all their shit done. Like, they, they have to. Right. Yeah. And they have medicine, <laughs> I believe. <laughs> like, they're on the island. So, so, you know, Juliet asked Jack to, to take a look at these infected stitches as a personal favor. And, you know, she's, uh, she's in trouble because she, uh, she killed someone, basically. But uh, she was following Ben's orders, and he was <laughs> the one that was going AWOL. Why is she in trouble? This whole episode is contrived and dumb. Yeah. And is, I hate it. And might it just, point to, like, a leadership struggle in the others that never plays out. Well, that's why it would have been more interesting to be, like, part of that trial yes. a fly on the wall for sure right um, I never thought I'd say this give us another Juliet flashback <laughs> what is wrong with you show <laughs> because yeah it's like is it just that Ben is like resting up so there's like a coup that he's but it's also but a that coup that doesn't seem to be the case because he's awake and conscious as we'll see in a minute and also the second he says I commune her sentence. It's commune. Nobody fights back. Yeah. Like, I could definitely see this as, like, a potentially manipulating Jack because we know eventually, we have the hindsight of knowing that eventually Juliet is going to um, infiltrate their group on the main island. Mm. But, like, it makes no sense. And that's why this episode is a whole lot of nothing because this, <laughs> I, I guess he's trying to manipulate Jack into being more endeared to Juliet, but he already was because she was willing to help him so that she could go home. And so both of them being denied their ability to go home would have already been that, like, catalyst for kingship. Yeah. So... This is pointless and dumb and stupid, and it's another example. If if it is meant to be manipulative, it's another example of Ben making plans way more complicated than they need right. to be. Um, but now Ben seems genuinely like okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> he seems genuinely like oh, we're not gonna oh, they're gonna kill her. Well, that's not good. Like I, I don't like know. He has nothing to do with it. I don't know. It's well, so as weird. Well, as we find out, I mean, Ben has a huge crush, unrequited crush on Juliet, as I don't think we know yet, but we can kind Wait, of surmise. It's, it's been alluded to. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, Isabel the Sheriff comes, and she's like, oh, look at those tattoos, Jack. Kind of ironic, those tattoos. Well, how <laughs> are they ironic, Isabel? How are they ironic? And she's like the... Uh, 
do you know what they say? And he's like, I know what they say. Very <laughs> like, yeah, they say dumb, stupid, white idiot <laughs> who's violent towards women for no reason. Um, and she's like, hey, Jack, you're going to come with me? Because she's interrogating people. When we, when um, Jack's brought to our little interrogation room, we see Alex exiting, and then mm-hmm. Juliet's in there. And, and um, Isabel, to, again, to this episode's credit, is compelling. Now, she has Juliet there, and she asks Jack flat out, did Juliet, like, seems to be some shenanigans going on. Did Juliet ask you to kill Ben? And And she is acting like a cop, and it's kind of cool. Yeah, and it's also, by the way, 100% one of those situations where you know Juliet already confessed to that, and now Jack is saying the... I mean, they never come out and say (laughs) it, but you could just tell by everyone's body language in the scene that it's 100% one of those situations. (laughs) Where now Jack's like, uh, like, like, nope, I never... She never did that. I was just saying stuff to turn you guys against each other. (laughs) And she's like, why are you lying? So... Jack is put back in his cage. <laughs> and now he's like he's in the zoo. Because the next time we see him, there are just all these people, like, milling about. This is so friggin' yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. Because, it, again, this is the episode where they introduced a whole bunch of other stuff that they never decided to pay off. And they're just like... Like, why are they here? They're here to see him? Why? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, like, I I get it if, like, this was a fever dream he was yeah. having. But it doesn't make sense because it's the <laughs> same little girl, I think. Well, yeah, and Cindy yeah. is there. Uh, Cindy, the flight attendant, who Jack vaguely recognizes. <laughs> because she snuck him some liquor. Right. Good on yeah. you, Cindy. You're great. And, and again, going zero to 60, <laughs> Jack screams in her yeah. face. And he's like, hey. <laughs> it's like she's a prisoner too, you yeah. know. Well, uh, Megan, yeah. it's not that simple. That's what Cindy says. Uh, it's not that simple. Uh, this fucking show is so but she had been captured by the others, and then the little girl whispers something. Because there's always precocious children who just yeah. whisper it to one person <laughs> instead of just say it out loud. Instead of just asking. And that little girl can't have her SAG card. That's, <laughs> what, yeah, right. that's why she had to whisper. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is, right? It's like, eh, yeah. this little girl can't really deliver this line. Let's just have her fake whisper to Cindy. <laughs> and she goes, oh, she wants to know... Uh, how Anna Lucia is doing. And, and that's then, when I said, fuck you, show. How dare you emotionally manipulate me? <laughs> but in and fairness, with, with Jack in his current state, I'm surprised he didn't scream in the little girl's face that Anna Lucia is dead. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I didn't remember what he did in this scene, but I thought for sure he was going to be like, you want to know how she is? She's dead. She's dead. You people killed her. <laughs> Um, thus traumatizing that little girl who I guess that little girl is just gonna now grow up on the island or die young I don't know can can I go ahead and ask do we ever see or hear 
from Cindy or this little girl ever again? I don't I, think so. I want to say yes, we do. But hmm. I really... I, my memory is probably conflating things I'm that I feel should be important. I'm going to go off on a limb and agree with Hold Matt on, and say see. no. <laughs> let's see. Was... Um, last... Uh, oh, she does show up in the season six. Oh, no. Cindy does. Yes. Cindy does. Cindy does. Yes. Oh, uh, Matt, protect Okay, wait. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. In fact, the Lostopedia picture for Cindy is from season six. Is I it from totally forgot this. Is it from the episode? Is it from the... What episode is it from? Uh, it's called The Last Recruit. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was I was about to say, Matt, I bet it's just in her, like, on the plane and, like, the Yeah, that's what I world. thought, too. But And I think she is in the in the season in six F premiere. LAX? Yeah, yeah. LA okay. Space X, yes. Okay, so we do see Cindy again. Yeah. Um, anyway. So. <laughs> Sigh. Exactly, Will. <laughs> exactly. So then Alex shows up, and Alex at least is, like, doing something. She's, yeah, thank God. She smashes the cameras, and she's like, why'd you save Ben's life? And Jack's Which like, she's well. she pointedly doesn't say my dad. Yeah, but yeah. Jack knows. And, uh, you know, he's, like, asking a bunch of questions himself. And basically, uh, I don't know. None of this matters. Like, he's asking her <laughs> questions. Thank you. Thank you, Will. <laughs> none of this like, I'm, matters. I have it written down here, but I'm, like, even reading it, I'm struggling to remember. <laughs> um, and we watched this today. Ugh. Well, like, there are some problems overall that I have with the character of Alex. I, I think until, uh, obviously, when Alex is dispatched in season four, it's one of the great moments of the show. But I just, I don't think she works uh, a lot of I, times. I, yes. I it, like it, her more often than not. Though. It's so yeah. funny that when she dies, it is literally one of the best moments yes. in the entire series. Yeah. And one of the best episodes of the entire series. Mm -hmm. But it's also... I don't, well, you know what? I have There's some a things. lot of missed potential with this. Yes, character. yeah, I'll yeah. agree there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I'll get to some of it because I did write that. So he's asking about Juliet. She's like, they're going to read Juliet her verdict. It's an eye for an eye. She killed someone. Now Jack's... Sounds interesting. Now <laughs> Jack is starting to feel pangs of guilt. Um, uh, and she's like, why did you save him? And he's like, I saved him because I said I would. I'm a doctor, goddammit. <laughs> he doesn't say that part, but... Um, and he's like, is Ben still in charge? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, bring me to Ben. <laughs> so he shows up at Ben, and he's like, you guys could really use a surgeon. He goes, we had a great surgeon. His name was Ethan. I call bullshit on that. Well, we because do. Because why would you send... Yes. I mean, yeah. like, at that point... Fucking Ben, in theory, knew about his diagnosis. And, like, if Ben was so important, if he's the only surgeon they have, they would not fucking send him out on this 
mission, this reconnaissance mission. That's insane. That's stupid. Yeah. I yeah, call that, shenanigans. That doesn't make any sense. Him having um, medical training, I totally buy if he's like, you know, especially given all the, the, the scenes that we saw with him and Claire during um, her flashback episode last season. Like, I would buy him having medical training, especially him being able to infiltrate the hospital um, where Juliet was at. Like, I get that. Him being a surgeon, I fucking call bullshit on. <laughs> now, that either makes Ben super stupid for sending him on a recon mission, or it, I don't know. It's just dumb. It's just dumb. So, um... He starts telling Ben, like, yeah, there might be some complications. You may never walk again, which, you know. Um, Fuck off, show. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jack's basically like, hey, I'm gonna, I'll help you some more. I'll take care of this, um, but you need to do something to me. You gotta save Juliet. And he goes, oh, Alex, does uh, Isabel have a walkie-talkie? And Alex is like, no, they're like deliberating because I guess you know it's like turn off your cell phones <laughs> uh, in the courtroom. This is apparently, out of your hands, Ben. Even though it's clearly not. And Ben's like, okay, give me something to write down. So, you know, they march over there, and Alex marches in, and of course, she isn't given any respect by Mister Friendly. He just sees Jack, and you know the, and um, uh. Basically, they realize the sentence is commuted, but they decide that they are going to brand Julia. Well, isn't <laughs> this is the weird thing? Isn't that what Ben commands? I guess so. Like because like they're like, but he has ordered her to be marked and in a like, place that no one can see. <laughs> well, like he basically ordered that she get a tramp stamp. Yeah. <laughs> Like, how did Alex and, and and Jack not know about this? Because he would have written it down, and then, like, they were the ones that delivered the message. If Ben wrote something down, folded it up, you know, and then handed it to me, you bet your ass that as soon as I walk out of the room, I would read that shit before running to the courtroom. Uh-huh. So there's no way they didn't know what was about to happen, but they act like it's a big twist. Like, oh, what does that mean? But, you know, here's the thing. The next scene we find out what it means, because Juliet brings Jack a grilled cheese. She grilled it, unlike Mr. Friendly earlier <laughs> in the episode. And, um, and nobody grills a grilled cheese like Juliet. But also, what was Mr. Friendly just bringing a cheese sandwich? <laughs> just like a... <laughs> White bread and American cheese? No wonder Jack was pissed. Even... Uh, <laughs> Matt, even under quarantine, I'm not eating like that. You know? I'm eating plenty of grilled cheese sandwiches, for sure, But, like, I'm not just sticking, like, sad slices of American cheese to two slices of bread and just eating them without grilling them. That's so sad. So, Jack again, Juliet Stan, Jack again is making, like, demands of a woman. And he wants to see the mark. <laughs> and she shows it to him. And I'm going to say this. It kind of looks like a Jedi tattoo. 
It does yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. If I murdered someone who was part of my community and that's what they did to me, I feel like I got off easy. Yeah. You know, I'm but, not. like she was acting under Ben's orders. Mm-hmm. And then Ben has the audacity to say, yeah, she did what she had to do to carry out my wishes. Fucking brand her. I'd be <laughs> pissed. I'm like, wait, hold on a sec. He was, Danny was the one going off script. But, but I get this because Danny, like, Juliet. Fuck looks, that guy. But yeah. here's the thing. Juliet's been there for like three years. I imagine Danny's been there longer. I bet you Ben felt that the people had to be placated in some way. They're not happy about this. They're not happy, nor should they be happy about it. But. Well, we can all agree no one's happy with the events of this episode. (laughs) And then Jack's like, we gotta make sure, you know, we gotta gotta make sure Ben keeps his word. Let Let us leave. And um, then they decide we're going to move Jack because his people know where he is. We're going to move him to, you know, back home to their the, the little community. And the last um, thing we see is they're like on the boat sailing back to, um, to uh, the main island with Ben all uh, lying down. With some really nice music. That I know this. Uh, oh, well, this the score has never been an that, issue that with this show. That intersects all three plot lines or whatever, mm-hmm. but like, man, this music's nice. I thought it was so overwrought that <laughs> that scene, that connection, that shot. Which obviously oh, no, we haven't gotten I'm into the Carl stuff. The montage is good. I'm just yeah. saying the music's nice. Well, it's Giacchino, right? He he always brings it. Okay, so there were other things going on in this episode besides all this nonsense. There was other <laughs> nonsense. Briefly, before we leave that storyline, Ben under the umbrella on the beach. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, yeah. It's a good look. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, on to the rest. <laughs> so the episode actually opens where kind of like right where it left off and Sawyer's Rowan, he's singing Show Me the Way to Go Home. Little, Which is very little from Jaws. Yeah. Um and now honestly, I think Kate behaves ridiculously in this yeah. episode. Yeah, the- no, no, no. Like uh, like I said, this episode is a whole lot of nothing. Because all we get from Sawyer and Kate is bickering. And yeah, it I, I'm not gonna blame Kate, the character, or or Evangeline Lilly, the actress. I blame the writing. This is bad. Yeah. And everyone should feel bad. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because when we left last left off with Kate, she was, com- she was like, she was getting, she was dealing with the fact she had to leave Jack behind. And then immediately in this episode, she's like, we got to go back for him. Like, we dealt with this already. Yeah. 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 This is boring and dumb and stupid and frustrating and all those things I said. Just <laughs> and, you know, Carl even chimes in about can't go back, they'll kill you. And then he also says, God loves you as he loved Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't, <Go> ja- <laughs> isn't Jacob God? Does God love himself? What does all this mean? Uh, instead of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's like the Father and then some guy, I guess. <laughs> um, 
So, you know, they're they're rowing and they're getting closer to the island. So it's like, oh, we'll stop. We'll make camp here. And Kate's like, no, we should go all the way around. And Sawyer, again, is speaking logic at this point. He's like, what? Like, I don't know what I'm doing, basically. <laughs> like, Do you have a map? <laughs> yeah, he calls her Magellan. And I mean, he's right. Like, he's not like a seafaring man. <laughs> Even though he was on the raft, you know. But, I mean, he's not, what's he going to do? Row around the island? They don't even know how big the island is. <laughs> I'm just having a flashback to the beginning of season two where he's, you know, shot in the arm and going, <laughs> Michael, what do you know about boats? Even though you built this boat. Right. And I established very early, like, just a couple episodes ago that I don't know anything about sailing. <laughs> what do you know about boats, Kate? <laughs> So they do get back, and they make a little camp, and um, Carl uh, is like, you know, he starts talking about how they're lucky to be alive, and then he starts talking about life on the island. He talks about Alex, and he talks about being in the the uh, same... Uh... Oh, you know, before he gets into this part, he does say a thing about the kids, like, will have a better life, which mm. is real cultish. Like, it's real culty. Like, Carl, to some level, is drinking the Kool-Aid here. Yeah. And, but then he talks about, like, me and Alex would sit in a backyard looking at constellations. Uh. And Sawyer's like, you got backyards? Um, How quaint. (laughs) So, sometime later, I guess is it the next day? I don't know. Time is a flat circle. (laughs) Um... (laughs) They're like, they're like, where's Carl? And they hear, like, someone crying. And Sawyer's like, I'll take care of this. Which, actually, it's like, I don't know if the message Sawyer delivers in this scene is good. But it's no. nice that Sawyer is trying. Yeah. No, I like the sentimentality of, like, hey, I'm going to talk to him man to man. Like, I think that's cute. Only for it to be immediately undermined with some toxic masculinity. Hey, bullshit. he needs to cowboy up. <laughs> what are you talking about? After Stop crying, him. you wuss. You can't. You There's can't no <laughs> crying in baseball. Yeah, you can't cry in the jungle. Um, I, he, I do then, agree with. I agree that it's toxic masculinity. However, we have more important things to worry about. <laughs> we need yeah. to go. So stop it. No, I, get I, it. I understand. The, the idea of, like, cowboy up. Yeah. But, like, oh, man. <laughs> Talking about how terrible Jack's bedside manner is, <laughs> Sawyer trying to be uh, a parental figure of any kind, or, or any kind of positive male role model. Oh, boy. Does but, that you know, something to be desired? He, he does tell him that, like, oh, you gotta go get him. He's like, they'll kill me if I try to go back to Alex. And he goes, at least it'll be worth it. And this is interesting considering the role that Sawyer will take on in season five. Yes. Like, with the others, you know, so of that kind of, you know, stable if leadership you, figure. If you want to try and say <laughs> good foreshadowing episode, I'm going to call shenanigans. Oh, no, not, not well, at all. Not, not at all. I just think also, it's interesting. He, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't take a leadership role with the others. He takes a leadership role with the Dharma Initiative. Uh, good point. Yeah, I get, I get... Uh, uh, complicated on on who are the others and who's the dharma yeah, that's a good because point. eventually some of the leftovers from the mm. dharma initiative become part of the other that's right it's that's all right. muddled yeah. and it's real easy for this to all get muddled no. when it comes <laughs> to terms 
with how convoluted this no, nonsense but is. I, I would argue the relationship between the others and the Dharma Initiative actually is laid out and makes sense. It is. Th- it is. This episode, yeah. I, I can't defend. So <laughs> I don't think anyone can defend this episode. He, <laughs> we, he, we, are, we are putting this episode on trial, much like Juliet. <laughs> so he tells, um, he tells Kate that he let Carl go, and Kate's angry. But Kate's angry at everything with this episode. And Sawyer's says, "Ah, you're you feel guilty, and it's not because." she let Jack go. It's because they had sex. And it's because she thought that he was going to be, he was a dead man. And I guess that's true. Yeah. I guess that's true. That's so mopey. You don't really like me. (laughs) Go kick rocks. And the episode, the episode ends um, with, as Megan, as you were saying, with some, some really good music, but the music's always great. The um the episode ends with a little kind of montage, which might as well though, even though the music is good, could have been um set to that song from an American tale. <laughs> yes, you know, yes, yeah, somewhere out there, yeah. It is completely that. Yeah, it's it's so that <laughs> And yeah, because Alex and Carl looking up at the same stars oh. and the thing oh. is, here here's the thing, and this is this is and we talked we alluded to this a little bit yeah. earlier, but it seems clear to me with this episode, they are trying to set Alex and Carl up as a very deep, meaningful, Desmond and Penny esque couple. Yes. And Aww. they will never succeed in doing that and it feels like they abandon it at a certain point. Yeah, they don't even really try again. So it doesn't work in this episode and they don't give it time to work in other episodes. Honestly, I think less that they're trying to set it up as a Desmond Penny sort of thing because that is, Desmond and Penny are perfect. Like, I I know I've said before that Jin and Sun are the OTP of the island. I take it back. It's Penny (laughs) and Desmond and you can you can put me on the record for that. I think what they're trying to set up with Alex and Carl is that young love, right. sort of like that that first love sort of feeling, um, and whether or not you know you're the first time you fall in love can actually work, and and I think that that's what they're going for is like kind of a not necessarily a Romeo and Juliet thing, but like first love. Can yeah. can these crazy kids make it? It would have been so interesting. I know because of where these characters end up, which is in the dirt. Um, that doesn't happen literally in Carl. The next time, one of the times we see him is in the dirt. But um, to see their graduate moment, like had they gotten off the island away from Ben, and then like what now? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that would be great. Awesome. Yeah, that would have been awesome yeah so listen we should probably wrap this up for a yes. multitude of reasons Please. yes uh that hopefully the listener is unaware of um <laughs> <laughs> just fyi we've been having some technical issues getting this recorded so hopefully it all comes out seamless and perfect yeah. and great so let's start with our jacobs <laughs> let's start with our dig what deep is, people um <laughs> Matt, uh, do you want to yeah. do the honors of uh, going first? Sure. Well, I mean, I, look, I made a joke that watching Jack get beat up when he was such a prick in this episode <laughs> on the island and off is, is you know, but I will actually say 
Um, something I genuinely liked, I genuinely did enjoy the conversation between Sawyer and Carl. I, I think that's the only scene that actually lands at all in this episode. Everything else is so off tone, poorly acted in some cases, it's, all poorly written, and many poorly directed. It's the only one that works for me. It's character development. It's yes. the only character. Like, we are seeing Sawyer trying to be, uh, trying to to genuinely help someone, and we're seeing, like, right. another character who we think is going to become more important than they are, <laughs> right. um, kind of get a motivation. Right. Uh, Megan. Just the music over the montage at the very end. I have nothing else good to say <laughs> about this episode other than the fact that the actors were trying their best. <laughs> like, I mean, again, the, the sheriff is compelling. And much like a lot of Lost, there's like some compelling ideas here. But as you said, like the most interesting stuff is happening off screen the the like this whole episode as far as information goes does nothing for nobody it's a, it's a nothing episode that goes nowhere and the fact that it's goddamn racist on top of everything like fuck this episode man you know it's so funny because i, I knew this was a bad episode going into it but i didn't know it would be so bad that i'd have trouble thinking of a jacob cuz usually <laughs> at, usually usually each time it's like I have so many I could choose from for Jacobs, and it's hard for me to come up with a, a man in black. And this is the opposite. I don't know what to pick. I mean, I do think Matt's right that there's, that's the only scene with any development, so that's nice. I don't know. <laughs> Bilings, an attractive lady. I mean, again, I'm in quarantine. I enjoy seeing <laughs> you know her what? on the beach. The beach is lovely. So an episode that, like, you know, takes place on the beach that isn't supposedly on the island. Kind of nice. The um, Lost production design team always does a nice job of making it look like wherever they're supposed to be, whether that's Westwood or whether that's Thailand. They do a good job of making it kind of look like Thailand when they go to that city. That's kind okay. of nice. You know what? Let me, let me, uh, I'm going to do a kind of a, a cheat thing. My Jacob is, I think all the stuff going on with Juliet is genuinely interesting and my mm. man in black is why didn't we get to see it <laughs> yeah like i would have rather i would have rather a 12 angry men-esque bottle episode, <laughs> oh episode i would love that that would be amazing um uh, uh let's go since i said my man in black, let's go in reverse order or megan uh what's your uh man in black i <sighs> again this episode is fucking racist yeah. Like, I, I don't think it gets much worse than that. It's fucking racist, and I'm angry about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that honestly, that's it for me, too. Um, although I will say that just how that ties into what they, I feel like this, I don't care about Jack anymore. And, like, I would come to a point where it wasn't until the end of this season that I really cared about Jack as a character again because of how over the top and uninteresting he was in this episode. So so what happens to Jack's character in this episode echoes for me until the end of the, the season when finally uh, he comes back around again. I guess that's it for a banner episode of Lost. Uh, Matt, yeah. where can the people find you? I'm on Twitter, uh, mostly at uh, Guerrero PMG, although mostly I'm just scanning twitter desperately hoping for good news in these days 
Um, but that's and of course Drunk Monkeys, drunkmonkeys.us. Um, and that's it. And thank you. Thanks for having me on, even uh, beyond the te technical difficulties and uh, discussing the worst episode. It was still fun to hear you guys again. When we are when we are able to get together in groups of less than ten, yes, uh, you uh, you come on over to the podcast studios, yeah. and an in person, right. yeah. And we'll all drink bourbon together. Yes. It'll be great. Perfect. Uh, Megan, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I also have a YouTube channel called Silver Screams where me and my co-hosts talk about horror things. And I'm a member of the Rooster Team Radio where me and my co-hosts talk about Rooster Teeth production. So go check those out. And you can follow me on Twitter at the Real Will Link. And, um, you know, you can buy my book Crazy About Kurt on Amazon. It makes great nostalgic quarantine reading. Um, so, yeah, that's this one in the books. Thank God. And <laughs> until next time, see you in another life, brother. Hey there, everybody. I'm Will Link of No Love Lost. With me as always. Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody. And we're here to talk to you about the podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Uh, yeah, the podcast Jukebox Network has been super supportive of us as we venture back to the island. Uh, and so we just wanted to take a minute to thank uh, them and to let you guys know that you guys should be supporting the other podcast put on by this fantastic network. If you are enjoying No Love Lost, definitely give a listen to many of the other podcasts, far, many of which are far less vanilla than we are. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, off the Cuffs, which is kind of the flagship show of the network. It is the BDSM kink podcast that kind of launched this whole network uh, off. You've got the Goth Librarian podcast. You have Being There podcast, a great storytelling podcast. You have The Queers Next Door, also on the network. Uh, Proud to be Kinky. Uh, Drinks with God. And a little podcast that's close to my heart, Megan. What is that one called? Will Sean Podcast? Yeah. Will mm. he? I don't know. Spoiler alert. Uh, not as frequently as usual. <laughs> but you should definitely subscribe to all these shows. Rate them. Listen to them on iTunes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, these are all fantastic storytellers. It's so important to be sex positive. So go support these other podcasts. And uh, yeah, if you like us, you might like them. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. We're on the same network. <laughs> so yes, rate and subscribe to all these terrific shows. And don't forget to rate them all five stars. And also rate us five stars. Yeah, while you're at it, you're listening to us. Might as well give us a rating. <laughs> you're already there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>